know, today we're going to kind of take away, get away from the readings. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anger and a lot of uh, politicizing over this disease. Uh, and politicizing a time like this is not helping. Um, everyone has strong opinions about this. And even just talking about it from the pulpit is, is a high risk, but something that I consider important to do. Martin Luther did in his day. So what would God have us to do? Uh, well, he does not give us a step-by-step workbook to follow in times of pandemic. However, the church has dealt with plagues in the past. And our Iowa District West President, uh, Reverend Steve Turner, sent out this notice. Please pray not only for the members of your congregation that are in nursing homes. So remember in your prayers this week and, and the, uh, the coming weeks, the assisted living and other care facilities and all the residents living there. I especially ask you to include the staff of our care facilities, our hospital and clinics. For the next few weeks, they're going to need your support. That means that you may not see them in church or teaching Sunday schools or coming to funerals. They need to stay healthy in order to take care of the sick and, and not bring this virus into the places where they serve. When Martin Luther dealt in his day, uh, a thing came through called the Black Plague. They call it the Black Death. And he wrote wise words that can help us in our day as we approach, as we deal with the things that are happening right now. And so Martin Luther writes, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus, perchance, inflict and pollute others, so, and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, He will surely find me, and, and I have done what He has expected of me, so I'm not responsible either for my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me. However, I shall not avoid place or person, but I will freely go as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy, and it does not tempt God. You know, people say, well, if God's going to protect me, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, He's going to protect me. I'm either going to get sick or I'm not going to get sick. Well, that's like saying, you know, I'm going to go out and stand in the, in the street and a car is going to hit me or, or a car is not going to hit me. No, if you're standing in the street, you're going to get hit. And so we have to use our wisdom. Uh, this coronavirus, I'm going to call it uh, uh, COVID-19 because it's easier for me to pronounce. Um, there are people at risk and we have to know that if you are at risk for your own care and for the care of others, you need to be staying home during this, these next few weeks. Um, but as you do, understand that the church will be here. And uh, don't forget, though, as the numbers go down in church, or even if we are, are, are asked and have to cancel our services, we still have to pay our bills. And so this is a very dangerous time for our church because what we find is that people who are in worship, um, you know, they, they give uh, when they show up. But if they don't show up, they don't give. 
my mom was had her brain bleed uh, several years ago. I was talking to her last night, and she was gone for three months and hadn't given to the church. And when she had to write that check, she wrote the check for all three months that she was gone. And she says, that was a painful check to write. If you give every week, it's not so painful. But if you wait till the end of it, you're more than likely not to support the church the way you had intended to every week. So as you're gone, please remember, maybe it's time to think about uh, doing, uh, you know, uh, online giving. That's crucial for our continued ministries. Also, the responsibility of pastors to be there. Um, and we need to be there. I'll talk more about that later. Doctors, nurses are all putting their lives on the line and they have work to do. Your Christian responsibility is to love your neighbor. And you do that by mitigating or lessening uh, that bell curve that goes way up and comes down. And so that's our responsibility. Does that mean we have to cancel church? Possibly. Uh, we haven't decided that, but certainly our governor and and uh, our government is encouraging us to do so. Um, so what do we do in regard to human care and health concern? Are we leaders in that, or do we wait and be and dig our heels in? Uh, this is a decision that we're going to have to make, but we have a responsibility to protect each other. Uh, we have a, a, a Dr. Amanda Young is a member of our congregation, and... Uh, she, she texted me this. She said, I thought I'd give my medical opinion. I wanted her to speak today, but she's not here. I, I, I thought I'd give my medical opinion regard, regarding COVID-19. This is my current medical opinion based on current knowledge that I have. You may take or disregard any of the information within this message. First, regarding the current state of Spencer, there has been testing done on individuals in Spencer for COVID-19. Now, keep in mind that those who are at high risk for COVID-19 are currently being tested under the current guidelines provided for the Iowa Public Department of Health. Uh, so far, the testing has been done. Fortunately, it's come back negative. It's only a matter of time until we have our first case. And I'm sure you've read about what's occurring in Italy. If you have not, please take 10 minutes to read about their current state. They are in crisis. There is not enough health care facilities or healthcare providers to care for those sick enough with COVID-19 to need hospitalization. They don't have enough hospital beds and not enough ventilators for those in respiratory failure. And I'm not saying this will happen in the United States, but I will tell you that it possibly could, so we need to keep up to date with our current state. We don't need to overreact to all of this, but we do need to use extreme caution and constant vigilance. While we don't know exactly how COVID-19 is spread, we do know that close contact with somebody who has COVID-19 puts them at risk, so us even showing up today puts, it all, puts us all at risk. What this means is that being in the same room with, as someone with COVID-19 puts you at risk. As such, spacing out communion cups, washing hands, not sharing the peace, etc. will help with most illnesses. However, most likely will not spread the uh, will not prevent the spread of COVID-19. Such actions may only give us a false assurance that we've done something. And then she le later sent me an email and said that she thought she worded that a little strongly. Uh, she encourages us to do what we can do, and, and any preventative measures is better than nothing. However, the best care for you and those around you is to keep that five to six foot safe distance. Dr. Young continues. 
Next, who's at risk? The elderly, particularly those over age 80, as well as those with chronic illnesses, those who are immune compromised, those with diabetes or heart disease, COPD, other chronic illnesses tend to be the ones who become the sickest with COVID-19. Those individuals should be encouraged to stay home, listen via radio broadcast or TV at this time until all of this settles. Again, why should we stay at home? Uh, why should those at risk not come? Because if, if you get sick, you put a stress on the whole health care system and, and for the health care of others. Um, if you take up a hospital bed, a ventilator, maybe somebody else doesn't get a hospital bed and a ventilator. So we need to encourage our elderly and others to not come to church at this time. If we wait until the, uh, the COVID-19 is in Spencer, it may be too late to protect some in our congregation. Now, Pastor, on a more personal note, I'm concerned about your health and safety when COVID hits Spencer. I know you have diabetes, and this puts you at high risk as well for complications of the virus, and you need to exercise caution and be vigilant. I will not tell you what you should do or what your role should be and whether you should continue your pastoral duties in person when this hits Spencer. However, I will say you likely should consider alternative options to in-person pastoral visits when coronavirus, uh, uh, coronavirus makes its visit. In the end, I hope everything I said is wrong. I hope it doesn't come to Spencer. And if it does, I hope it's not near as widespread as I think it could be. I hope we never reach the current level of Italy. I hope I'm wrong. But in the case that I'm not wrong, I think we need to protect our safety and our elderly. We need to protect those at risk before it's too late. Spacing out communion cups, washing hands, not doing greetings won't be enough when being in the same room allows for the spread of this virus. You know, as we talk about, I appreciate those words from Dr. Dr. Young, uh, you know, to kind of put us in a proper understanding of all this in the context, but the conservative mortality rate or the death rate uh, in Italy is 4.25. Some people are saying it's, it's 7%. That means 7 out of every 100 or, or 4 out of every 100 uh, who, who get this die. And that's high. The flu is well under 1%. So people are saying this is just like the flu. Well, for those of you who are healthy who get it, it's going to be just like the flu. But those of you who aren't healthy who get it, this won't be like the flu. Um, so this is a different disease, and we want to protect, protect uh, the health of all. It's the loving thing to do as Christians, uh, to ignore the warnings, uh, whether you believe them to be true or not. The perception, if we ignore all the warnings, is that we Christians don't care. That's not the message that we want to give to our community or to one another. Our synod sent out a, pan a pandemic pamphlet, and you can download it by going and visiting our synod's website, reading and it, it says you need to be doing as a church what is necessary, um, even if that means canceling church, if the government asks you to do that, that's what we must do. And so if we do cancel church for the foreseeable future, the pamphlet encourages us to continue our services, that we will, that, uh, that we will go with ministry live online. Uh, you know, we, I don't know how to, how to stream live, but I'm sure I will learn soon. And uh, so I'll probably be right here in the pulpit all by myself with my radio, with my, with my cell phone, and doing it live somehow. 
And uh, so we will still be reaching people. Um, you can still reach people through our website. If you go to, um, uh, to uh, KICD, also you can, you can watch the video there. If you, if you dig around, you'll eventually find the, the, our, our broadcast, um, the video portion of our broadcast. So would Christ approve us canceling our services? Well, remember, the greatest commandment of all is to love each other. And Martin Luther says that when times get tough, when you sin if you move right or you sin if you're going to move left, then let us sin and sin boldly, he said. So, is it okay to break the third commandment, not worship? Well, of course not. However, we can be wise in how we worship. And during this time... We need to be wise because our presence could actually bring harm and death to those around us who are at risk. And, and what about pastors? Well, they must minister and they must remain steadfast during this time, even in the peril of death, because we have a plain command from Christ. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When people are sick, when people are scared, and people are dying, they need the ministry of God's Word. They need communion, and they need the pastor uh, to be there, even in the face of death. Now, I'm at risk, and and so you know, if I put myself out there, I have a good chance of of contracting that disease in a way that that would be detrimental to my health. So is Bonnie, and and uh, so again, many of our leaders are at risk. If we get sick or we're quarantined for a period. That will affect how we do ministry, if even during that time we can do ministry at all. Um, now, pastors can still communicate through Skype, and we can communicate through things like Google Hangouts, but we must be diligent, right, and, and careful, and must not put others at risk. Again, Martin Luther addresses this topic. We must not isolate ourselves so that we refuse to care for those in need. To abandon an entire community exposed all kinds of dangers such as fires and murder and riot. Every imaginable disaster is a great sin. It's, a, it's the kind of disaster the devil would like to instigate wherever there is no law and order in the government. St. Paul says anyone who does not provide for his own family denies the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. On the other hand, if in great weakness... The providers flee, but provide capable substitutes to make sure that the community is well governed and protected. Well, that would that would be proper. Now, if a deadly epidemic strikes, we should we should stay where we are, make our preparations, and take courage in the fact that we're mutually bound together, so that we cannot desert one another or flee from one another. First, we can make sure that God's punishment has come upon us not only to chastise us for our sins, but to test our faith in love. Our faith in that we may see and experience how we should act toward God, and our love in how we recognize how we should act toward our neighbor. I'm of the opinion, says Martin Luther, that all the epidemics, like plague, are spread among the people by evil spirits and the poison of the air, they, ex they exhale a pestilent breath that puts deadly poison into the flesh. Nevertheless, this is God's decree and punishment. 
to which we must patiently submit, in which time we must patiently serve our neighbor, risking our lives in a manner as St. St. John teaches, if Christ laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our life for our brethren. Now that's not saying that, that we go and, and, and uh, uh, you know, put, our, put ourselves at risk. No, we need to be doing what we need to do not to spread it. But when people call upon us, it's our duty to go. We should arm ourselves with the answer to the devil. Get away, you devil, with your terrors, Satan. I will quickly go to help my, my sick neighbor. Why? Because you hate it. So I will spite you by going. I love the way Martin Luther talked. No, Satan, you will not have the last word. If Christ shed his blood for me and died for me, why should I not expose myself to some small dangers for his sake and for and disregard your feeble plague? If Satan can terrorize, Christ can strengthen me. If Satan can kill, Christ can give life. And if Satan has poison in his fangs, Christ has a far greater medicine. Should not my dear Christ, with his precepts, with his kindness and all his encouragement, be more important in my spirit than you, O roguish devil, with your false terrors and my weak flesh? God forbid. Get away, devil. Here is Christ, and here I am, his servant in his work. Let Christ prevail. Amen. You know, Martin Luther continues. He says, We must pray against every form of evil and guard against it to the best of our ability in order not to act contrary to God. If it be God's will that evil come upon us and destroy us, none of our precautions will help us. Everybody must take this to heart. First, that he feels bound to remain where death rages in order to serve his neighbor and let him commend himself to God and say, Lord, I'm in your hands. You've kept me here. Thy will be done. I'm your lowly creature. You can kill me or preserve me in this pestilence in the same way as if I were in a fire or in water, drought, or any other danger. Then Martin Luther continues, However, as Christians, we must be wise. People say, I'll go out and about. If God wills that I die, then I will. And we can say that Getting the illness is God's punishment. We can say if God intends to heal the sick, then he will do so without medicine or without our own due due diligence. Martin Luther says, no, this is not trusting God. Instead, this is tempting him. God has created medicine. He has provided us with intelligence to guard and to take good care of the body so that we can live in good health. And if we don't make use of intelligence and medicine, when we could have done so without the detriment to our neighbor, such a person injures his body and must beware lest he become a suicide in God's eyes. By the same reasoning, a person would would forego eating or forego drinking or clothing or shelter and then boldly proclaim that his faith Broly claim his faith that if God wanted to preserve him from salvation or from starvation or from cold, that he could do the same without food or clothing. That would actually be suicide. No, my dear friends, this is not good. Martin Luther says, use medicine. 
Use that which can help you. Fumigate your house, your yard, your street. Shun persons and places wherever your neighbor does not need your presence. And you ought to think this way. Very well, by God's decree, the enemy has sent us poison. Therefore, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate and help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. And moreover, he who has contracted the disease and recovered should keep away from others and not admit them into his presence unless it be necessary. Though one should aid him in his time of need, as previously pointed out, he in turn should after his recovery so act towards others so that no one becomes unnecessarily endangered on his account and so cause another person's death. Whoever loves danger, says the wise men, will perish by danger. So here we've got all of this Martin Luther stuff and we're, 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 we're going to be talking about government quarantines and as citizens, God calls us to obey the government unless the government is calling us uh, to do something that is sinful. Uh, in this case, the government is just simply asking us to protect our citizens, help protect those around us. The government is not making worship illegal. They're just simply asking us to love one another and to try to lower that bell curve and to mitigate the, the strength and, and, and the, the breadth of this disease so our health care system doesn't become overwhelmed beyond measure. We have a responsibility as Christians and citizens to help each other in this matter as much as possible. And so my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I urge you to think about that, to be strong in Christ's love. And, and if we are uh, going to experience uh, death through all this in various ways, in this pestilence, know this, that we'll understand the gospel more deeply. And know this, as we more deeply experience Christ's love, we'll also live nearer to God, knowing that in everything we're dependent upon Him in life and in death. Our Lord Jesus Christ faced all kinds of insufferable sufferings uh, on the cross, incomparable sufferings and death, and yet He rose and He conquered, and He's sitting at God's right hand. We have that promise too. Paul writes, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through Him who first loved us. For I am certain that neither life nor death, angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So pestilence can't separate you from God. It can't separate you from His love. And those words are comforting. We are one body in Christ. And so also we take part in His sufferings. And if this be part of the sufferings that we experience, then we will look forward to the day when we get to share His glory. Therefore, Christ is with us as we face this pestilence. A pastor from Wuhan, China, where it all began, wrote as his congregation was dealing with all of this, but know this, the pestilence cannot harm us. If we die in the pestilence, it's an opportunity to witness to Christ and even more to enter into His glory. So we can comfort our friends and comfort our neighbors 
uh, with the glory that God has given us with the gospel, reminding them that their lives are not in their own hands, but that our lives are always in the hands of our Lord, who is faithful and our Lord who is true, that we might turn our eyes to Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.